Hey, everybody. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us on Down to Earth with Harriet Kamek. And it is Wednesday. And for some reason, I can't even believe uh, I can't even believe it's Wednesday. <laughs> is it really? Uh, somebody just needs to tell me uh, exactly what's going on. <laughs> Because I have not a clue how did it get to be Wednesday. So if you're just joining me, pardon the fact that I'm racing to catch up with the week. If I sound a little bit out of it, then it's because it's because I'm I'm you know totally 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 out of it. So so I just want to say thank you, thank you. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, and so I ask that everyone just tune in. We do have something to talk about. Uh, 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 we do have a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about bullying in just a bit. Uh, and uh, uh, and so <laughs> I, I have no, I, I'm telling you, sometimes you just have to be tuned in to what is really going on because how this arose uh, was what was because I went to uh, I went to a business place I, I'm not gonna say but I, I probably should it's Livonia Auto Care nice guy you know Matt he's a sweetheart out there so if you need your car you can go to him or I can give you my other guy up on Lasser and 11 miles so uh, and uh, my guy was telling me how much, and he, he began to tell me how much he was being, you know, talk to me about bullying, uh, uh, you know, about social media bullying and, and, and so on, and how it impacted his, uh, his racing. Uh, so a few years ago, uh, he has, he and I had talked and he, he wanted me to bring my truck to come down to the race meet to race. Now, if you know anything about me, you know that I, I grew up around racing, right? So in my hometown, it was not uncommon for uh, for us on a Sunday to gather at a race meet. And you've got to understand, in those days, they raced on what? Gravel roads with stick shift. It was no automatic cars, right? So it was gravel roads with stick shift. It was not blacked up. It was gravel roads with stick shift. And they went around and around the bend until they completed however many laps and so on. And my mother was who introduced me to racing. So I began, I developed an affection <laughs> for racing so much so that I began to, 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 to watch NASCAR racing. So for a while, I grew up thinking I was going to be a NASCAR chick. I kid you not. I mean, I saw myself wearing jeans with heels, my shirt tucked in. And to this day, I still wear my rhinestone sunglasses. Like, if you ever see me, I have on big black rhinestone sunglasses just still, apparently, at the back of my mind, still profiling and projecting this NASCAR chick, this NASCAR white thing going on, right? So, so I, I just went to this mechanic because someone referred me to him because my, the heater core in my SUV uh, is a foreign car, so the heater core in it needed to be fixed. And someone told me he was the best doing that. So two years ago, I went to him. Well, it turns out I had to go back to him this year. So two years ago, he was telling me about racing and you should bring your car down. And he said, I'd love to take it for a spin out there. And I was terrified. 
I was like, first of all, there is some backdrop, blacktop, so there's not much traction. I kid you not. It's the craziest thing. Because <laughs> in my days, we raced on uh, our gravel roads. So I think there's a lot of traction. And, and I think I used to like seeing the car. I know you're all geeked out listening to me, right? Because you can't believe this part of my personality. But I used to like seeing when the cars dragged a little. You know when you hit the brake and the clutch at the same time? You know that thing? And, you, and then you have the gear. Right? And then the, when the car is is moving off, the wheels spin out and the gravel and everything is fine. Oh, my gosh. Take me to a race car meet any day of the week. <laughs> so I was kind of geeked. You know, at first I was kind of really curious. But then I'm like, it's blacktop, you know. It doesn't have more traction. And I'm like, maybe that's why I've only been to one NASCAR meet in Daytona, Florida. So I'm like, mm, I liked it. Because it's something when you're, but I wasn't near the pit, so, but it's something when you're in the stands and the cars are going around. It's quite the thing. It's an adrenaline rush like anything else. So fast forward two years later, I had to go to see him again. So I began to talk to him. So I'm like, well, how is racing going? And that's when he began to talk to me about why, you know, why he had kind of backed off it a little bit because nowadays, People don't know how to take things in stride and people don't know how to acknowledge things happening. And so they, they will cyber bully you. He didn't say cyber bully. He said, but they'll put it out on social media if you win a race and if you drive. Now, racing is what it is. The, the nature of car racing is that you use your skills to get in front of the person, right? For you and I, driving down 696, I-75, for those of us in Metro Detroit, I-94, the Lodge, the M10, uh, what's the other one, the M39, I-275, I-96, right, I'm thinking, I, you know, I'm thinking of all the major freeways around, that is not race car driving, so if you're in your home city, in your hometown, driving down the regular freeways, that's not an opportunity to display your want to be race car skills unlike most motorists who think that their car the exact same model as your car is the fastest one because apparently when they manufactured it they manufactured it just for you knowing you were going to race on i-75 anyway i digress so so you're in a race car meet the nature of that game is what aggression right and the nature of that game is to be able to look at what people are doing right? And to look at uh, why, uh, you know, to get yourself in front of the next person using your skills. So he said, you know, uh, he was racing someone and when he described the maneuver, it didn't sound aggressive to me, me being accustomed to being race card on I-696, both directions, east and west, by pickup truck drivers and uh, people driving small cars, right? People driving cars who perhaps shouldn't be driving on the freeway, but that's okay. That's the police's job. Anyway, and, and, and tractor trailers. So people like to race on 696. So you're doing the speed limit of 70, and they're zipping past you. So they're doing, what, 85, 90? Okay. Okay. Keep driving, right? But so to me, that's not the forum in which you race car, right? So in his experience, he is racing on a speedway, a closed course. You ever seen those ads on TV? Don't try this unless you're on a closed course. Okay. Well, so he's racing on a closed course where the only cars there are all race cars. 
and they're all driving aggressively. And yet he said someone got so mad that he outmaneuvered them that they posted a picture to social media to say, you shouldn't have done this. But he wanted to win the race. And within the context of racing, that's kind of what is required, right? So when he described it to me, I, I, it, it made me, you know, at first I wasn't even paying attention. I was just being polite, listening to it. But then something about the conversation grabbed me. And I listened to it and I said to myself, this is not the second time that someone has brought this to my attention in as little as maybe two weeks where someone brought to my attention that, um, that there is some concern about racing. So I was, I was, uh, you know, I said uh, not racing, but about bullying uh, within the context of social media and using social media to not just advance their cause, but to use social media to kind of influence someone else's behavior. And I listened to him and he said, and that's why today he said, nothing is fun anymore. He said, you know, everything is, is, is if it's not politically correct. And, you know, sometimes those are code words for people who are unnecessarily aggressive. But as I listened to him, I realized that what he was saying is nothing is fun anymore. In the world that we live in today, there are very few opportunities for us to, especially for men, to exert themselves. And men tend to gather in groups. So, so they gather in a group, they go down to the bar, they're at the sports bar, they're watching their game, and they're gathered there, and they're, hey, ho, whatever. And, and they're, that's how they expend their energy, right, and, and, and how their maleness. I think sometimes we need to leave people alone. I, I think we have unnecessarily interfered too much. So now if it is not going your way, you're going to be mad. And so you are going to take a picture because you didn't win the game. So I said to him, you know, within it's the way things are today. People, I read somewhere recently that people are not enrolling their boys in football or baseball or basketball because some mothers fear that their children are unnecessarily exposed to too much violence. And uh, it's, it wasn't so much about head injuries, especially with football, you know, concussion arising from not wearing a helmet or whatever or hitting their heads unnecessarily, but more so about just the contact sport, the nature of the sport. And he and I looked at each other and we we're like, so where's the fun? We both said at the same time, where is the fun? And suddenly we realized that the, 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 the structures of modern conventions have so imposed on activities that normally are reserved for sportsmanlike behavior that now, where are people going to get their aggression out? So I said to him, well, you know, in today's world, boys, and he said, I get it. I have nephews. He said, I know. They, they just sit home and play video games on their phones or their Xbox or whatever they use. And so, and I said, and that accounts for why people have very little uh, communication skills because we don't interact. But as I left there, the thought occurred to me that I have not talked about bullying within that context. And I haven't talked about it from bullying within the context of me, I'm putting, inserting myself here, right? Within the context of me superimposing my ideas of what your life should be and trying to influence your way of life, not by making a suggestion, 
not by delivering it in, in a way that is conventionally accepted as, you know, polite and cheerful, uh, you know, or polite and courteous rather, but more, you should do this. And if you don't do this, you're not on my team. Do you see what I'm saying? So in a way, I felt like social media has done a pretty good job of doing this. In fact, we've seen this over the years where children uh, have uh, reported uh, being uh, killing themselves and prior to their deaths, prior to them taking their lives, they will say, well, I was bullied at school. And some children have gone as far as saying, because I was bullied at school, I don't want to go to school anymore. We have seen where cyberbullying has influenced someone else's behavior, where people have reacted. Someone takes a picture of somebody and posts it on social media, then it goes viral. Children are very good at stuff going viral. I don't know how they do it. Can they tell us how to do it? I mean, they will just put it in a loop, like in a group text message of 100 people. And 100 people start talking about it, and all of a sudden, it's gone crazy. They'll take a picture and say, call somebody on the name, or they'll post a picture that is not necessarily a good picture of someone, probably doing something that they would normally do in public, but doing private. And so when I, when I look at it, I said, you know what, this conversation needs to happen. I need to talk about it because we need to address it. And the reason we need to address it, we need to place things in the borders and within the parameters of where they occur. For instance, let's just put it this way. If, if you're playing a contact sport like football, there is unnecessary roughness, but it is within the parameters of the game. Now, people like myself are forever going to say when I was growing up, because today is a whole different ballgame. People today are very sensitive. They're very touchy-feely. Like, don't touch me. I don't like when people touch me, because when you touch me, I hurt. And so people today are, are, are very... Uh, aghast and askance. There are some good things about the progress we have made socially in terms of recognizing that bullying exists, for instance, in the workplace. But there are also some, some things that I think we might have gone overboard. And I think social media bullying and the, 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 the bullying has always, as a standalone by itself, has always been to influence someone else's behavior by pushing them and forcing them, coercion, and forced to do it. We gotta be careful with that because there are all sort there's there's all kinds of bullying. Today, bullying used to be one-on-one. -on -one. Anybody ever been bullied in school? That was me. There was this big tall guy, he pushed me around and he used to pull my pigtails. He used to pull my ponytails all the time. I kid you not. I, I had to react one day. Don't ask how, but let the record stand that I did react. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and I had to react to defend myself and he was big and tall and I was this little kid and he just like pulling my ponytails and he used to push and shove and and so on in an effort to get me to do what he wanted me to do which was what I don't know whatever that was right we also experienced bullying in relationships where we don't want to talk about that where one partner tries to force another partner to do something against their will. That's also bullying. There's bullying in domestic relationships between siblings, right? And between parent and child, there's that kind of bullying. There's bullying in the workplace where someone in authority uses their position of authority and influence to try to influence or force someone to do something that they either can't do or cannot execute at this time.
And then, of course, the granddaddy of them all in today's world is what? Cyberbullying. There's, sex, there's bullying involved in sexual assault because basically that's what sexual assault is, right? It's someone superimposing what they want. They're forcing you to a pattern and a way of behavior that you don't want to, that you don't agree with. That's basically all that it is. So somebody wants me to do something that I don't want to agree with, but they're forcing me to do it. So let's say you, my listener, you were to call me, but you say, hey, Harriet, um, I want to talk about so-and-so. Let's say you want to talk about how blue the sky is. And I'm like, yeah, we can talk about that. We can talk about how blue the sky is all day. You know, the sky's blue this day, that way, blah, blah, blah. But if you, but if I don't want to talk about it, then you're, you're not just courteously saying, maybe you should talk about it, but you are forcing me to, well, if you don't talk about it, then I will listen to your show again. Yeah, that, that's self-bullying. That's bullying. I would probably what? Hang up the phone. Because to me, you have crossed the lines of propriety now. You have crossed the lines over into forcing me or compelling me to do something that I don't want to do. Right? So I feel like, we have to draw the line. Society, at some point, we had to draw the line somewhere. Now, one of the things, I love social media. I don't know why they call it social media. As far as I'm concerned, it's media, right? Because it gives you a chance to engage with people whom you normally would not have been, you would not have access to. And let's just face it, print, traditional print media has gone, right? Now we have electronic media that is digital media in lifetime. Like you're listening to me through digital media. You're listening to me either through a recorded podcast. Hopefully you're listening on Spotify, Apple, or Google, or wherever your favorite podcast platform is. That's where you're listening to me, right? You're also listening to me on Blog Talk Radio, right? So that's, tradi- that's now electronic digital media. And if you're streaming me, you're probably watching me through YouTube. And sometimes I stream through Twitter or Facebook. That is now media, modern media, as it is today. My daughter asked me this question last night. She's 17. So, you know, she's like, Mom, what do you think media will be like? She said, what do you think will be the next great thing for humankind? And I'm like, I I think we're saturated at this point. I said, we're saturated. It's going to take a few years because what we're doing now is fine-tuning what we have as, as media and as digital media. But we're only going to become more enmeshed and involved because the generations who are being born out, that's all they know. So the alpha generation, the people who are 10 and under, this is all they know. All they know is digital and electronic media. They don't know newspapers and they don't know books. They know tablets to swipe on a tablet and on a phone, right? So our world has changed. So how do we communicate the ways in which we communicate our feelings our angst, right? The ways in which we tell others how we feel about them becomes even more important. Well, one of the ways that people do that is through posting a picture on a social media page and telling you that you shouldn't have passed them because they don't agree with your maneuver. Even though in the sport that you're in, the maneuver is just the same. It's, it's, it's no different. That's cyberbullying. That's cyberbullying, right? It's just like someone take, took a picture of me, and I don't like the picture. But I am in the picture, so I own it. It's my, so you took it, but because I'm in the picture, I have rights to that picture. You need my permission to post that picture, but you post it anyhow. So I say, please take that picture down. 
and you refuse to take it down because you insist that you use it. So the picture, whatever reasons I may not like it, maybe it's unflattering, maybe it's not representative of what I was doing at the time, whatever the reason was. The fact that I'm asking you to take it down and I am in the picture and you, your refusal to do it says what? That is what? Bullying. That's you using your position of influence or authority to push me into doing something I don't want to do. Let's examine workplace bullying. Let's look at that for just a second. Ironically, I had, to be honest with you, I should have done the show yesterday. That was the day I planned to do the show. I should have done it. But as I was getting ready to come on air, sex tourism was something I said, oh, maybe I should talk about that today and schedule bullying for the next day. So I had scheduled. So this has in, in no way... Uh, is reflective of any current situation that is going on. Let me put that out there. This was pre-scheduled. I had already tagged it and, and put it out. So now that we're here though, let's talk about what happens when people bully another person. I have found that bullies have certain characteristics, irrespective of age, irrespective of gender, right? Irrespective of ethnicity, race, bullies are the same. The point of a bully is to get you to do what they want you to do when you don't want to do it. So in the place of workplace bullying, uh, it's always the bully who uses their position of authority. Some, some bullies take it by force. Like in my situation, when I was a kid, the guy was bigger than me. So what was he doing? He was using his position of force, right? Because he was taller. He had more force, more power. So he used that to force me to try to force me and compel me to do something that I couldn't do or I wasn't prepared to do at the time. That's bullying, right? Standard. That's just standard. It's your textbook all day, every day. Right. So in workplace bullying, well, how is that defined? Well, the person who is doing the bullying is usually someone who is in position of authority. If they're not, like it's the guy over in the next cubicle, somehow, he is bullying you into turning your radio down. Well, if he's asking you to turn your radio down, turn the down radio down. Maybe it's too high. It's too high. Maybe you have it turned up too low. They turn it down, right? So he's not necessarily bullying you. It becomes bullying when he's forcing you to do something that you should not be doing. That's the difference, right? That's the difference. Now, if he is in a position, though, of authority, He's your supervisor or team leader or, or, or manager, director, vice president, president, and he's forcing using his position, then it becomes a whole other matter. Now it becomes a legal matter, right? And bullying does happen. Bullying takes place in all kinds of environments, right? People trying to make you subscribe or, or, or ascribe to a certain pattern of behavior that the group is doing but that does not fit you or you are not able to carry it out exactly the way they want it to, but they want you to do it anyhow. And the ways in which they enforce it, sometimes it's not just, have you ever heard the term, it's not what you say, but how you say it, right? Sometimes it's not what you say, but how you say it. I have found that people who engage in bullying as a way of life have certain terminologies and a certain personality presence around them. Oh my God, I'm sneezing. <laughs> it is so true. It is unbelievable. Oh, <sighs> excuse me. Right. 
And so what happened, <laughs> I'm here and I have a tissue in my hand, <laughs> so I'm not putting germs out on people. But what happens is that people invariably sometimes choose to be a bully. And uh, especially, uh, and here's the thing with the bully, especially in group semantics, right? In group discussions and group spaces, what you find happening more often than not is that there is someone who is either the elected leader, the chosen leader, or appointed leader, right? And so the way they choose to lead, some people are just natural bullies. Some people, when I by natural, I mean they take on a role and they assume that what comes with the role and to get people to do what they want to do is by bullying them. There are some people who this is just the way they communicate. And bullying doesn't mean someone necessarily raising their voice at you. It's not the raising of the voice. It's not saying, hey, come over here and do this. That's not the bullying part. The bullying is the compelling you and forcing you to do it, even when it's not required to do so. That's the bullying, right? You have to be careful with that. So what about bullying in relationships? You a girl, you know, you know you're a boy, he's a girl, you know. And you are in a relationship and your partner is trying to get you to do something you're absolutely not comfortable with. In every relationship, there's someone who holds the power. Whether that power comes through economics, like the person with the most money has the power, or whether the person who has the most whatever has the power. But somebody in that relationship is the one with the power. The person who has the power has to say, so whatever they say tends to go, right? Okay. We accept that. That's part of life, right? Isn't that life? That's life, right? Okay. So the person has that. And so what they choose to do is by compelling you to do things that you really don't want to do. Don't ask what those could be. It could be anything. They might want you to do drugs and you're not accustomed to doing drugs, but they make you feel that you're not part of the relationship if you don't subscribe to this pattern of behavior. The same is true for workplace bullying. The same is true for cyberbullying because bullying is just bullying. You see what I'm saying? So they're compelling you to do it. And if you don't do it, you're not a team player. You're not being part of the group. And as a group, this is what we do. It's, it's this new word today. They don't say team player anymore. They don't say that group activities anymore. What do they say? They say what? Community. The rules of our community. It's, it, it's like, our good friends over at Facebook like to tell the rest of the world that you can Have you ever seen that? People say, I'm blocked on Facebook. I can't post anything. And when you go and look why they're blocked, they really didn't bully anybody. They just said something. And Facebook will say, well, this violates the rules of our community. And I'm like, Russia interfering in the 2016 elections did not violate the rules of our community. No? Okay. And you trying to influence other people's opinions on politicians is not is, is not influencing. And you posting pictures of other people and revenge porn is not influencing the rules of the community. Do you see what I'm saying? So it's almost as if people pick and choose their battles. They pick and choose what they want to describe as bullying. And when it comes to them, they're not the ones who are bullying. Have you ever noticed that? Have you ever had contact with a bully and when you confront them and say, you know something, I don't like the way you speak to me. I don't like what you have just said to me because it's making me uncomfortable. All of a sudden, the bully starts backing up. You know, um, that's not what I meant to say. And, and I, I didn't mean that. 
my daughter refers to it as codifying. They code, they use code words. They, they ascribe a certain, it's just like implicit bias. Everybody knows what implicit bias is. Maybe I'll do a show on it someday. But it, implicit bias is the understated, implied racism that exists, not just in context, but that is applicable to a broad cross-section of people of color, right? Okay. So in, 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 in implicit bias, what you find sometimes happening is people use words that what? That are typically associated with a certain one group or another. So they will use words, and we refer to that as codifying because you're using certain code words to explain and extrapolate an idea and communicate a certain idea. I kid you not, these things happen. You know, the, the, I am forever fascinated by the vagaries in people's in relationships. I'm forever fascinated by the ways in which we human beings choose to communicate one another and beat up on one another. We do that so, so very well, right? We, 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 I, 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 I kid you not, yesterday I was talking about sex tourism, so go listen to that podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. This is Harriet Kemmick with Down to Earth. Stay tuned. I'll be right back.